When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To a CLNS Media Patriots breaking news edition of the Fox Bear Report. I am Alex Barth, joined by Evan Lazar and Mike Petralia. And the big news of the day, Bill Belichick not letting us have our Saturday off. Antonio Brown released by the Oakland Raiders, what, less than 12 hours ago, is now a member of the New England Patriots. So, gentlemen, we'll start with this. What were you doing? What was your first reaction? Go well, ahead, I'll, I, yeah, I'll, I'll lead off. Uh, I was driving back. Um, from dropping my uh, younger daughter off and um, look down at my phone um, at a stop sign, I might add, and I see the breaking news alert. And then I see what followed, and the breaking news was that Antonio Brown from Adam Schefter had signed a one-year deal with the Patriots, and I immediately pull into a parking lot and tweet out, here we go, unbelievable. It was unbelievable at first. That's my first reaction but when you think about the way the Patriots do business and the uh, type of um, trust that they have uh, in the organization, uh, this was a move that they felt they could pull off and they could corral uh, Antonio Brown. So my first reaction uh, was uh, amazement. Uh, but, you know, 30 seconds later, I'm like, well, this figures. Kevin. Yeah, my first reaction and, and kind of going back to what we talked about Earlier in the week, Alex, when news broke that Brown was probably on the way out in Oakland, it's all about risk management for Bill Belichick, right? He's like a stockbroker, you know, like he's in the stock market and he's working all these things out. And he's like, what's the risk of acquiring this guy? And is it worth what he could bring to the team? And I think that from the beginning, it seemed like if they could find a way to make that those two things align with Antonio Brown, it made a ton of sense from their, their perspective I think all offseason, the Patriots have swung and missed at wide receivers, trying to add talent to the outside, to the perimeter. Because of the retirement of Rob Gronkowski, they knew that they needed big plays. They needed big plays to come from somewhere that wasn't going to be coming from Gronk. And then up until a few weeks ago, wasn't going to be coming from Josh Gordon either. So that was, I think, a big concern for them was not necessarily when it was third and five, could they move the chains? They had Edelman, they had James White, they had guys that could do that. It was creating explosive plays through the air, which is the easiest way to score points in this league. So that was really what they needed. And a lot of people kind of theorized that they'd use this kind of wiggle room that they had on guys like Trent Williams and maybe some offensive line help. Adding another receiver and adding another guy that can that can make big plays for you on the perimeter always seemed to make a lot more sense for this team than adding a left tackle. Let, let me jump in here and uh, say something that just popped into my mind because I'm writing, guys, about um, does this th- immediately turn the clock back for the Patriots to 2007? That's what I'll be writing for CLNS Media. The one big difference between this move and um, 2007 is very obvious. Wes Welker and Randy Moss had essentially a whole uh, preseason and offseason to learn the Patriots system, learn what is one of the 
single most complicated passing offenses um, and communication structures in the National Football League. You're asking Antonio Brown, as gifted as he is, and he's certainly a top three receiver in terms of skill level in the NFL, you're asking him to come into this system and have Brady uh, and Josh McDaniels pull him on board and immediately become a contributing player. To me, that's asking a lot. And that is the big question mark uh, from an X's and O's point, standpoint that really hangs over all of this. We all know Antonio Brown is an elite receiver. That That's not disputable in this whole arrangement. It's whether or not the Patriots uh, and Josh McDaniels can do one of his all, pull off one of his all-time coaching um, maneuvers and get this guy on board in a system that's not straightforward. But then on the flip side of that, I would say, um, Trags, like you mentioned, they had the whole offseason, but these were guys where Randy Moss was hurt for a lot of that offseason. He he didn't practice a lot, and he was coming off years where he was hurt. Yeah, he was still in the building, Alex, though. No, 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 no. You're, you're, absolute, you're absolutely right with that. I just wanted to, to throw that on there. But um, we, we get to the point here, and you just kind of alluded it to it. Is this a good idea? The Patriots were already arguably the favorite to come out of the AFC, maybe even the favorite to win the Super Bowl. This guy, as talented as he is, there's clearly some risk here. Why do this? Well, I, I think to address Trags's point real quick, they did a similar thing with Josh Gordon last year where he came into the system late. Actually, the season had already started with Gordon, and it's going to be a similar kind of timeline here with Brown. And I think that the talent just transcends any of the other stuff, honestly, in a lot of ways where, yeah, it might be harder for a guy that isn't as talented as Josh Gordon or an Antonio Brown to come into the system and learn it and be able to play at a high level. But those guys are so good that I think that you kind of just figure it out with those guys in a lot of ways. I think that in terms of, you know, was it worth it or or why did they do this? They did this because of what I was going to actually write in my argument for signing Antonio Brown before the about 30 seconds before the news broke. Right. And that is when, you know, we're in Miami. We're all in February in Miami. We're all in shorts and T-shirts. Everybody else is watching this game. Freezing cold weather. And Tom Brady breaks the huddle. And they need to go on a game-winning drive to win the Super Bowl. And he breaks the huddle with Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Nikhil Harry, and James White as his five receivers. That's why they did this. I and you mean, didn't even you go out and try to stop that. Let me Good just luck. throw out there too. Good luck. In naming that offense, you were able to rightfully leave out a former, I believe he's a former All Pro, definitely a former Pro Bowler, and Demarius Thomas. Right. I mean, right. and maybe it is maybe Nikhil Harry doesn't you know have the rookie. No, but I'm just saying that's have, and it is Demarius or something like that. But yeah. But but I didn't and the point wasn't to like shoot you down and say no you're wrong. My point in saying that was a lot of the times and I'm very hesitant to use the term super team because I know that's the last thing Bill Belichick wants to be defined as. But with these super teams in whatever the sport may be, uh the Eagles in in football, uh the the Heat at one point in basketball and tracks, I know you said you want to keep this on football, but just to make this specific point, a lot of the times what kills these super teams is depth. They go all out on the top half of the roster and they'll lose a player or two and everything falls apart, at least for a good chunk of their roster. The offensive line, maybe sure there's some questions, but for a good chunk of their roster, not only do the Patriots have now the superstar laden offense, 
they have the depth to back it up. Nikhil Harry, a first-round pick, fell at the end of your list. Demarius Thomas, who at one point was considered a top-five receiver, fell off your list, right? You mentioned James White as the running yeah. back. There's still a first-round pick in Sony Michelle. You still have Rex Burkhead. You still have Damian Harris. Like, this is not one of those teams that just went out and spent on superstars and didn't actually build a team. They just built a Madden roster. This is a fully constructed team the Patriots have right now. Right, and with Josh Gordon in the mix, now they're not solely reliant on Josh Gordon to stay on the field in the entire year like they were before. They've kind of hedged their bets with Josh Gordon now with Antonio Brown. Really, they only need one of those two guys to work out. If this doesn't work out with Brown, they're still fine with Gordon. If it doesn't work out with Gordon, well, now they have Brown. They have both, then obviously that's the dream snare. This on paper is the best offense in football, and I don't know if it's that particularly close. Like, I think the Chiefs and the Rams are still very good offenses. And the Saints. And the Saints, too. But on paper, if they can roll out those five skill players that I mentioned with Tom Brady, with the offensive line led by Dante Scarnecchia, I don't think that it, they're on paper they're the best offense in football, and I don't think that that is. I don't think it's really all that particularly close. Probably isn't, but um, look, I you know you go into tomorrow night's game whether or not they had signed Antonio Brown, whether or not all of this drama with Antonio Brown happened or not. The biggest question marks uh, on the Patriots are still how is um, obviously Ted Karras going to fill in for David Andrews, and how. Really good is Isaiah Wynn at left right. back. We've seen him as a very good uh, tackle in the preseason. There's no question about that. But when the bullets start flying for real, will Brady have time enough to get the ball downfield to vertical routes to make use of guys like Josh Gordon and now Antonio Brown? That's the single biggest question, right? And I, I will say the second big question for me, in my mind, on the field, when Antonio Brown is not getting the ball, he's going to be fine with that because that's one of the keys of any superstar coming to New England and accepting the Patriot way, and that is we decide when we can get you the ball and Tom's golden rule, I throw to whoever is open. And will Antonio Brown be able to handle those games where he's double teamed and Julian Edelman's allowed to run free or single coverage under the middle and teams take away Antonio Brown. How's Antonio Brown going to react to that? So before we get to the last point that that I want to get to, which is kind of the flip side of this signing, there is one, just to put it in context and to have a little fun with this, and, and just let's say everybody stays healthy. We talked about on paper, and you guys were kind of talking about how this might look. 37.9 points per game, the 2013 Denver Broncos. That's the mark. That's the record. Is that within reach? Right. I mean, I think to Trags' point, right now we're, we are playing Madden with this team. We're playing fantasy football. No, we're putting is, all the pieces on spe- paper. Speculation, and, but... and we're speculating what this team can put together. I think the biggest thing is, is that we are making a lot of concessions for Antonio Brown. That all of this stuff that's happened with him over the last two years, really, dating all the way back to Pittsburgh, is just going to magically go away now that he's in New England. Like A great point that Trags made was he's going to have to concede some targets to some other guys. In Pittsburgh, he was not too happy about Juju Smith-Schuster kind of being labeled the next guy behind him. And that was just one other guy. You know, now he's going to have to work in with Edelman, with Gordon, with Nikhil Harry when he comes back. There are some concessions that we're making here. So I think that that's important to say. 
But at the same time, I think what makes Antonio Brown so great for this offense is that he's a receiver that wins at all three levels. He can You can run him on a short drag or across the middle. You can run him in the intermediate level. You can run him deep. He can do it at all three levels of the, of the game. So that way there, if the offensive line is not having a good game and Brady is under some pressure, then those quick hitters to Brown and to Edelman and to James White are going to be there just as much the same. So they don't need to play this game. This is not, you know, in 07, I think the one kind of, you know, issue with that offense, if there was one that the Giants kind of exploited, was that it was either over the top to Randy Moss or it was short to Wes Welker. Those were like kind of their two staple elements. This Patriots offense with the running game thrown in there, too, has a way more diversity than that attack had. And, and obviously, we'll see if it comes together like that team did. Can you almost, Evan uh, and, and Alex, too? have too many options and we've seen a lot of patriot teams in the past have a lot have multiple uh layers of weapons that tom brady could go to and they're not all superstars but they certainly were all very good options for tom in terms of the running game and the passing game uh and sometimes i almost wonder if you can have too many weapons in an offense that maybe Madden football looks great on paper, but it, when, it, when it comes to the real world, uh, this is the NFL and teams are going to scheme and come up with schemes to keep, you, maybe you'll see a lot more Tampa too. Maybe you'll see teams saying, we'll give you everything underneath. We're not getting beat over the top. And I, I just throw these things out there just to kind of temper the giddy enthusiasm that is rightfully out there, but just temper it a little bit that, you know, to think that this team can go 16 and 0 and eventually 19 and 0 that's a big mountain to climb uh the potential is there but i would just you know pump the brakes a little bit yeah the, the issue i think is is that for other defenses obviously there's going to be a lot of issues if you start playing two deep safeties which you might have to do against these guys now you're opening yourself up to a the middle of the field with julian edelman and be the running game you move a guy right. out of the box you're going to be able to run all over that and and the patriots are not going to be you know brady's not going to be like i need to throw for five thousand yards this year he'll be more than happy to hand it off to sony michelle 30 times in the game if they have to do that so that well, I, element I, I, is interesting just to jump in here, no, Tom doesn't have to throw for five thousand yards, Evan, but he does like to throw, and yeah. he does like, and he's in every quarterback does <laughs> exactly. He loves that when the game is in his hands and he gets to throw the ball around the field. Maybe that means you know turning uh, the passing game into a bit of a run, you know, a running game uh, for all intents and purposes. We've seen that many times here in New England, uh, but Tom does like to throw the ball and. I have thought at times throughout Tom's career that sometimes defenses want him throwing the ball more than the Patriots running the ball uh, because I think they know what they have when they see Tom throwing the ball. It's the play actions. It's some of the other elements of the Patriots offense that um, when you're able to stretch a defense, which I think the Patriots can do now uh, horizontally as well as laterally, uh, as well as vertically, uh, that's where I think defenses start to get shredded. All right, so let's bring it back in here real quick. Now, Patriots have 54 players on their roster. Is it not the Brown moves not official? But Patriots have 54 players on their roster, so to speak. They are now about like seven million dollars over the salary cap, so to speak, with the 15 million dollar deal to Antonio Brown. 
who's out? Who's the odd man out? Somebody's got to go. And I don't think it's going to be as simple as Gunnar Olszewski, although Antonio Brown, as great as a receiver he is, people forget he's also one of the best punt returners in the league. So yeah, he may be gone best. either way. He may be gone either way. But uh, it's not just Gunnar. Somebody else is going to have to go. How do you see them making this work? Or does somebody else have to go? Yeah, Philip Dorsett would be my guess. Yeah, yeah same, same. I yeah, just think quick, he's redundant quickly, at this point. Quickly before we do that, I do want to say that I feel like what needs to happen now is like Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady need to sit all these receivers down and be like, we can do something special with this group if everybody just accepts their role and just plays the, you know, the right. way the offense. 100%. And if we, we could literally, we could go 19 and 0, we could set every single record for single season record with these guys in this room. If we all just accept the fact that maybe AB, you're not going to go for 2000 yards and, and Josh Gordon, <laughs> you're not going to catch ton, 10 touchdowns this year or whatever the case may be and just go from there. But in terms of what it means for the salary cap, I think the really interesting thing is, is right now it's only being reported as a one-year deal by Adam Schefter. And I'm not saying that Schefter's lying, but I think that there's more to come in terms of this contract structure. So there's two kind of like different avenues that the Patriots could go here that I want to outline. The first one is the Darrell Revis Avenue, the Darrell Revis route, which was they tacked on that extra year, which was an option year that they were never planning on actually picking up. And what they did with that extra year is they were able to kick, stretch the signing bonus out through two years instead of just one year of the deal. And it lowered Darrell Revis's cap hit in 2014. It is not that much different than what they did with Tom Brady this past year right now uh, with his current contract. But with Tom Brady's current contract, he has voidable years on his contract. So it's not an option years. Those years don't actually exist. They're fake years. So what they could do is, is they could say that this deal is technically a three-year deal for Antonio Brown that has voidable years at the end of this season, which means that it evaporates after the end of this 2019 league year. And that would then allow them to spread his salary, his signing bonus throughout three years, which would then lower his cap hit. There's there's ways that they could probably lower his cap hit as low as six million bucks this year and fit him under their current salary cap structure. They'd have to move some money around elsewhere to kind of, you know, pay for the roster throughout the course of the season, pay for guys on IR, pay for any other signings or trades that they make. But there are ways to get him under the cap right now where all they would have to do was make a corresponding roster move to get him onto the 53. So this is I don't think that they need to go out and like trade Devin McCourty or trade Dante Hightower just as a result of of trading or of signing Antonio Brown. And I think that there's more to come as to actually how this deal is structured with A.B. Well, Well, and the other thing is it's important to uh underline Evan's point that the Patriots don't do anything rash um, and silly just to get a superstar on the roster. That's never been their MO. There are other teams that might do that, uh, like the team that Antonio Brown is coming from uh, (laughs) in in the past. But I I give Mike Mayock a little more credit than that. But the point is um, what the the Patriots don't make this move unless they know going in that they can fit Antonio Brown under uh, the financial structure uh, of their salary cap. The other thing I want to yep. ask Evan real quick, all of these moves, uh, once they're agreed to by the two parties, the team uh, and the player, have to be uh, approved by the National Football League to make sure that they fit within the CBA, correct? Correct, yeah. And and really the, the voidable structure, I think, is the best way to go because you can extend that one. You could, you could attack on three or four years of voidable money. And just 
have that whole signing bonus, that nine million signing bonus stretched out throughout three or four years of a contract, even though the contract itself is actually only a one year deal. But they might go the Revis route because if this goes extremely well with Antonio Brown, it does give them a little bit of an option next year to bring him back, you know, at what would be franchise wide receiver money. But it, it does give them an option. I just don't know if Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus would go with the option year because I would think that from Antonio Brown's perspective, this is a one year deal, reset my market, show that I'm not the guy that I was in Oakland and go off for 1,500 yards and a bunch of touchdowns with Tom Brady, then next year I can re-sign the deal that I signed in Oakland to begin with and and kind of start this whole process over again, get my $30 million in guaranteed money back that he lost in Oakland. And and I'm just, you know, throwing stuff against the wall. And this Antonio Brown move sounds different than the Randy Moss move. Maybe Antonio Brown comes to uh, New England and loves it here um, and – thinks that Tom Brady will play for two more years and he signs long-term. But this does sound more like a Darrell Revis uh, deal where he, where he signs here, he shows his wares, he shows his value, um, and he shows his commitment and then gets his money. Yeah, that's a, it's 100% way more like Darrell Revis for everybody involved. I, I agree. So just real quick to throw a few stats out here before we wrap it up just to kind of put all this in context of what the Patriots just did. Go back to 2013. Receivers 1, 2, and 4 in terms of receiving yards in the league, in order. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, Demarius Thomas. One more. Arguably the two greatest six-round picks in NFL history, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. One last question before we wrap it up. Just we'll have a little fun here with this. Antonio Brown's not eligible to play Sunday night against the Steelers. The earliest we could see That's him is— too bad. Once I had, uh, I mean, that would have been. But I, I will say, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him in the building. And that's kind of where I want to go with this. Do you think we see him in the building? What I'm picturing is, I think he ends up in Kraft's box, close game, third quarter. They need to get the crowd alive. If they show Antonio Brown in Kraft's box on that big screen, that building might come down. Yeah, I I think it all depends on, you know, obviously if they can get this official in time to, they're not going to have a guy that's not officially signed in Kraft's box, but as long as he's officially cut by the Raiders, I don't see why they couldn't. Yeah, I think the great news about it for the Patriots is that Drew Rosenhaus is Rob Gronkowski's agent also, and the Patriots have a pretty long you know, relationship right. with Rosenhaus now. So I, that was part of the other reason why I thought that this might be possible is because Rosenhaus has worked with the Patriots and, and obviously a ton with Gronk's deals and kind of understands how they do business. So do you think he's in the building tomorrow night or no, Evan? You just kind of talked around it. Uh, of course, I always talk around it. That's that's what I do. Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, press you now. Is he in the building tomorrow night? Yeah, good journalism. Uh, I would say no, I don't think. No, you don't think so? Trags, you think he's in the building tomorrow night? I do. I think somehow uh, I think, I think he's he gonna, wants to be. I think he'll be in the building, whether or not it's in the owner's box, the field. I don't know. But I think he'll be at Gillette Stadium tomorrow. I, I, I feel like the, or at the very least, maybe he records a video message or something and they play it on the video board, something like that. I think somehow they get him. It's 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 too much of an opportunity to get that crowd going to not do it. This is absolutely bonkers. I just want to throw that out. No, no, no. This is like, this is completely insane. So (laughs) I just want to say, because I didn't get to talk about my first reaction. I was watching a college football game with my brother and I saw it on Twitter. I yelled, oh my God, my brother thought I was talking about some mundane play. 
like excuse the hat. I was li- I was just planning on watching college football all day, being lazy. Um, but I keep muttering "unbelievable" under my breath, and it's like yep. it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. On well, and and I'll just leave you guys with this. When I woke up this morning, the first thing I saw on on my phone was Antonio Brown demands his release from the Raiders. And the last thing I saw Antonio Brown related on on Friday was John Gruden's declaration that, oh, he's he's ready to go Monday night. He'll be playing Monday night. I'm like, what did I miss? And the way this story has changed at lightning speed, that's the most unbelievable aspect of all of this. When you go from what happened uh, early this morning, Saturday morning, through them, uh, through Antonio Brown's Instagram, through uh, the Raiders releasing him, uh, and then the Patriots signing him, and all of this in a whirlwind of, what, 12 hours? It's just stunning. Tregs, I I have one question for you. You've obviously, not calling you old, but you've obviously done this a little bit longer than me and Alex. Where does this rank, like, for you? Because this to me and Alex is like, this is incredibly bonkers. Like, this is unbelievably, wow. I would say this is a top five off the field moment in my 28 years of covering uh, Boston sports. I mean, just because of its uniqueness, um, because of what I just said, the lightning speed with which this transpired from him uh, being an Oakland Raider uh, this morning, uh, to him, you know, yelling at the Raiders and and you know, want demanding his release to him being released to the Patriots, picking him up. Uh, in my all my 28 years, I cannot ever remember a story transpiring, um, transpiring this quickly and uh, coming to fruition. And we're obviously assuming that. Shefty is right on the money right. with this. The deal is done, so we assume that he's going to be. Antonio going. Brown just, confirmed it. He yeah, confirmed Antonio it. Brown did confirm it. So yeah. So. Well, let me ask you. Well, I mean, I consider the source there. I mean, Antonio Brown has said a lot of things over That's the years. That's true. That's so. <laughs> true. Over the years, over the last week, uh, let me ask you because now you got me thinking. I want to wrap this up, but I have to ask you this question: Does this story play out like this? Does Antonio Brown end up with the New England Patriots? in the pre-social media era? Not this quickly. No, it does not. No. That's a great question. No. I, it does not. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll add to that, Alex, was this, from the moment he signed in Oakland, was this all driven a, a secret conspiracy so there's... up in New England, shooting himself out of uh, Oakland after he saw what the Raiders were running? Uh, yeah, that's a case. So there's actually a report going around right now that's essentially that theory, but it actually predates Oakland. That this, wherever Pittsburgh traded him, his plan was to get out of there and end up in New England. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, if that's I, there's there's like a I don't know. It's like half a theory, half a report. It's kind yeah. of living halfway between. But there is something going around right now. Jeff Howe has it that Antonio Brown's plan from the end of the season last year was to somehow end up with the New England Patriots. Yeah, I think as much as. Antonio Brown hasn't made it about football over the last month or so. I do think ultimately that he got to Oakland and he started playing with Derek Carr. He started playing with John Gruden and he was like, I want to play for a contender. I want to win Super Bowls. I want to, you know, be Antonio Brown. I don't like, I I don't think he really liked what he saw in Oakland when he got there. I, I agree hundred percent with that. Yeah. All that's right, what so... I think a lot of it was as well. And 
look, his agent, if anybody could concoct a plan to wind up in New England, yeah. it would be his agent like Evan referred to earlier. Yeah. Now just get the man a helmet. All right, we're pushing 30 minutes, so unfortunately we did not get time to- we did not have time to cover the Jonathan Jones extension or Tyree St. Louis <laughs> oh, signing no. with the Colts as much well, as we could uh, talk yeah. about those moves. But uh, more Patriots coverage, as always, on CLNSmedia.com, on Twitter, at PatriotsCLNS. The three of us, Sierra Goodwill, we will be in Foxborough tomorrow night. Who would have thought the sixth banner, NFL record-tying sixth banner, would end up being a footnote, but that's probably going to be the case tomorrow night. We'll have a lot more Antonio Brown coverage and opener coverage for you then. So until then, for Mike Petralia and Evan Lazar, I'm Alex Barth. Thanks for watching.